a big part of my success, and I talk about this a lot, is I didn't have a plan B. And if you don't have a plan B, plan A works. It may, it yeah. might take longer. It might be harder. It might be scrappier. Maybe you have to invest a little bit harder, but plan A will work if you don't have a plan B. But there's so many people that I work with that are like, if this network marketing business doesn't take off, like my husband's got a really good job. Or if this network marketing business doesn't take off, like I have my nine to five. It's never going to take off because you have this cushion over here. Mama! Let's reimagine mom life together. Mama House Goals is your hub for relatable support and helpful resources that help you fuel yourself alongside motherhood. Your identity is bigger than mom, and whatever your goals are, together we're making them a reality. One of the biggest things I hear when people talk about why they don't start their own business or they don't want to pursue their idea is they don't want to be a salesperson. And I get it. No one really wants to push anything on anyone. Sales doesn't always feel good. But the fact of the matter is we have to sell ourselves all the time, whether it's selling our parenting techniques to our children, selling ourselves in an interview selling our ways of wanting to live life to those that we share it with, or selling our product, service, dream, goal, desire to the person on the other end. But when you learn that you selling, there's a right way to do it in a way that feels good because you're offering a solution to someone that is looking for a solution to a problem. And you're allowing yourself to be that solution because you know you have the solution. You have something that can help someone, whether it's a product, a service, experience, and feedback, you can help this person. Jillian Murphy is a highly sought after sales and business mentor who has mastered the art of sales and scaling not only in her business, but has helped hundreds of other online business owners as well. She has over 20 years of business experience in sales and marketing and growing multiple businesses of her own. And she's now made it a mission to help online business owners gain real results in sales and messaging. I love this conversation with Jillian because we break down how specifically she has navigated this journey, how she supports others in sales, and some really cool examples of businesses that she has helped and supported and what sales has meant to them. I absolutely love these conversations and the things that maybe you wouldn't think of and how it could apply to you too. Sales is truly the oxygen of your business, and it's the most important skill any business owner can acquire. Jillian has been able to grow her own business from zero to six figures in one year. She hit her first six-figure month in 18 months and just under half a million by year two, all without any fancy system, ads, or even a website. Jillian will tell you she does not know how to use any of the tech, and she's figured out how to bargain and trade and bring in the people that she needs to make this successful. Jillian is such a fire powerhouse. I absolutely love this conversation. And utilizing the art of communication and the art of sales, she is going to teach us what that could mean for you. So if you are hesitant to jump into your next thing because of sales, listen into this conversation. And Jillian is one of our pro resources in our Mama's Business Blueprint. So you can get a one-on-one call with her to support how to do this for yourself. Jillian, so excited to have you here. From the moment that I met you, I was just like, gosh, I love that energy. And my favorite thing about you is your heart matches this like fiery energy, which are some of my favorite people because we need this fire to like carry our dreams through, but also we need the heart to round it out. And that is so you. So thank you. 
I want to jump right in and just bring us up to speed on how you went from mama to sales queen to now sales queen of your own business. How did you get in that transition? Absolutely. Well, one, thank you so much for having me today. I feel the exact same way about you. When I get to connect with other entrepreneurs online, it's absolutely incredible. So thank you so much for having me on your show today. I went from one being a single mom. Uh, I was a single mom for almost 18 years of my life with my daughter. I was in a corporate position for 22 years of that. I lost my job during the pandemic. I always say I had no freaking idea what I was going to do, but I knew that I had either a God-given talent, a universe-given talent, whatever it is that you believe in for the ability to sell and the ability to actually make connections and build relationships. So I took my business to the online space during the height of the pandemic where everybody was coming online with programs, products, services, social sellers. And I grew my business to help over 500 entrepreneurs grow and sell their businesses because sales is truly something that everybody needs in their business. But unfortunately, it's something that the majority of people and unfortunately women really tend to like veer away from because they have this like weird mentality around it. So I want my whole mission here is to help women love selling and sell in a way that feels really good to them. Yeah. And you do it in such, like I said, such a heart centered way that feels so good. There are so many women that will have this gut reaction of like, I don't want to sell things. But the fact is, if you are going to create a product or a service, there is some version of sales, whether it's selling yourself like, and actually not even in a business, right? Because we have to sell ourselves when we go interview for a job. We have to sell ourselves if we're going to go volunteer as a parent in certain things. Like We have to sell ourselves in every capacity. So talk a little bit about the difference between selling yourself and selling your product or service, because sometimes you have to do both and you always have to sell yourself. Yeah, that's a really interesting topic. And I actually talk about this a lot on my podcast because, you know, I was in the corporate sales space for 22 years and I was a phenomenal salesperson, top salesperson of the year, every single year. But I represented incredible brands, Gatorade, Stouffer's, Lean Cuisine, like some major brands. So at the end of the day, I didn't have to really sell me as much because I was going in and I was selling these massive, incredible brands. Shift it to the online space. When I open my Instagram stories or I open my Instagram or I go on a podcast, I don't have a brand, a physical product to actually stand behind. So that's where I really had to remember who am I to really stand up and really show up as that personal brand because it is hard. And I think a lot of us overthink it. And I just really love to talk about what are your unique qualities that make you who you are? What have you gone through? What have you overcome? Maybe you have some really great experiences in your past, and that actually is what makes you your personal brand. And the more that you can show up as yourself, your authenticity, that's actually where the magic and the magnetism actually happens. Yeah. And you do a lot of your selling through social media. That's your primary platform, right? And one of the benefits to that, I think, especially as a parent, is it's always kind of running for you. Yes, there's different links of the algorithm, whatnot. But especially if you're still really involved in your kid's day-to-day life, this gives you a flexibility to have marketing between your brand or your product or whatever it is in a way that works for you. Talk a little bit about why social media is such a great venture for people. Yeah, and I think that it's a really great question. And I think a lot of people overthink it. They think, okay, now I'm momming, so I have to be a mom. Or now I'm creating content, so I have to go create content. Or now I'm making dinner, so I have to go make dinner. And Gary Vee says this all the time. Don't look at creating content as creating content. Literally just document your life. And the more that you can just document your life and not compartmentalize it, 
that actually when content becomes more fun and more real, and that's actually where your audience aligns with you even more, right? Versus trying to put on this content hat and then trying to be like something in a short amount of time. We want to see people that are messy, that are real. I talk about Sarah Blakely all the time. One of the most successful women probably in the entire world, right? The founder of Spanx. If you watch her Instagram stories, she is a hot mess. Her kitchen's a mess. Her kids are running around. She talked about how unorganized she is. And she's a bajillionaire. And that's what I love about it is that she doesn't try to create content. She literally just documents her life. And because of that, I'm pulled to her. And then because of that, I buy a million pairs of Spanx. Yeah, just be real. And you don't have to share your whole life, right? Even you personally have had a lot going on and you've waited till the right time to share what you were comfortable with. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between documenting your life and sharing everything? Yeah, I actually learned this from Jen Gottlieb. So if you guys don't follow Jen Gottlieb, it's a really great lesson that I learned from her. And I think a lot of times we want to share when the wound is still open. And remember when the wound is still open, it's ugly and we haven't healed from it. And people are, everyone's trying to fix it. Oh, put this on it, put this on it, put this on it, put this on this. But if you can share after the wound is maybe healed or starting to scar over or you've learned something from it, it's a very different place. And you're actually leaning from a little bit of a different example, right? So even like my personal story, I suffer with a lot of health stuff. And recently I was given a diagnosis of POTS and it took a while for me to come out and actually share it because what I didn't want was to come out and be like, this is happening, crying on my stories. Because what happens is one, everyone's trying to fix you and you're going through the ugly. So what you can say, and this is exactly what I did. And I learned this from Jen is like, you guys, I'm going through life right now. And life doesn't always look perfect. And life doesn't always look easy. So if you are someone that's going through life and it's hard or it's not easy or you think that you can't do it, know that like I'm literally right there with you. Mm -hmm. I'm walking the same path with you without having to like divulge everything out in every single detail out. Yeah, I love that. Now, going back to sales, what is a first step? someone could take? Let's say they already have a business or they're thinking about a business, but they're just like, I cannot even imagine like going on my stories and selling or even talking to a friend or having a real life party where I'm going to be selling that product, whatever it is. What is the baby step that someone could take to get a little more comfortable with just saying, hi, I'm so-and-so and this is what I do or sell? Yeah, I think there's two parts to this. Number one is one of the things that I always work with my clients on is like, you have to be your first sale you have got to be so sold on what it is that you're doing. And if you're not, it's really like the mindset work that we have to work on first. Like, why did you create this product? Why did you create this sweatshirt brand? Why are you the best coach on the planet? And really getting clear of like you being sold on it because you're going to be talking to your Instagram stories and people aren't going to be throwing their credit cards at you in the beginning. And you're going to be going on Instagram live and nobody's going to be watching. Or you're going to do a Facebook live and nobody's there. And you have to remember that like you love your products and programs and services so much that you literally will talk to nobody. I have a very hot community. I just went live in my Facebook group before this. Nobody was on it. Nobody like showed up live. And I was still like, let me tell you about this new thing that I have. I'm so excited about it. And it didn't change if people were watching or not because I'm so bought in on it. Like I'm so excited about it. So I think that's number one is being so bought in on what it is that you do, because also entrepreneurship is going to get hard. 
right? And if everybody tells you it's going to get hard, you're going to have peaks and valleys. So you have to be so sold on what it is that you're doing. That's number one. Number two that I work with all of my clients with is it's called the list of 100. If you've listened to my podcast, you've read from me talk about this, but I encourage you to write a list of 100 reasons why you're so good at what it is that you do or why your product is the best or why this is the best sweatshirt anybody could ever wear and how they're going to feel when they wear it and write it down. And this list of 100 might take you a week to complete. It might take you a month to complete. It's not like you're going to sit down in your backyard and journal and rip out 100 things. But what that's going to do is that's going to allow you to really ground in and settle into why you are so good at something. And again, it goes back to being that self-belief of what it is that you do. Yeah. Now, let's say they get to the point where they know they're 100 and they're like, I am the best for this. And they're so excited. They go out and they find that first hater, naysayer, family member that's like, what are you doing? How do you overcome that? Yeah. So I think the, the first thing is to ask yourself, who is the naysayer? Who is the person, right? Are they people in your family that don't understand it? Like they're probably never going to understand it. Or is it like an ideal client that thinks you're pricing too much? I think it's important to get clarity of who is this person that gets it. And then also reminding yourself of you're going to have different people in your life for different reasons, right? So I have a group of girlfriends. They've been my best friend since elementary school, like over 40 years. I never talk to them about entrepreneurship. They have no idea what I do. They're, I don't know. I think you talk on your Instagram stories and make a lot of money. I, I have no idea what you do. I, I can't have those conversations with them. They don't get it. So I know when I'm in that group, I talk about these things. They're with me for that thing, right? Or when I'm with my parents, I talk about things a certain way. So I think you have to first decide who is the naysayer. And then if it is someone who's in your community or is an ideal avatar, or is someone that is throwing shade, really asking yourself, have they done the work? Because I'll be the first one to say, I've had a lot of haters in this space. I've had a lot of people say mean things. I've had a couple people make YouTube videos about me. Like it has not been a pretty ride. And this is what I asked myself, have they done the work? Are they someone that I want to trade places with in my business? Are they someone that I would hire? And if yes, then it's going to bother me. And if not, I'm literally going to let it roll off my shoulder and go somewhere else. And I'm just going to remove it. So I think it's really important to just identify both of those things and ask yourself where your energy is going. Yeah, there's a quote I love. And it's you can be the juiciest peach in the world. And there's still gonna be somebody that hates peaches. And I love that because you really can't please everyone. You could be doing everything right, but you just have to stay in your authenticity. Now, entrepreneurship brings a ton of values and benefits, but you also were in the corporate world for 18 plus years. Talk about some of the benefits that you've seen stepping into entrepreneurship and what that's provided for you as a mom, for your daughter, really what has changed. Yeah. So I think one is I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. I was in the corporate sales space for 20 years and I was thrown into the entrepreneurship because I lost my corporate job. So if you don't know what you don't know. And now that I'm in the entrepreneurial space, I now know, and I will say this publicly, like I'm unemployable because I have absolutely loved working for myself. I've loved building a business, but let me also tell you, it's hard. It's definitely difficult. There's definitely things about it that would a consistent paycheck be nice? Of course. Would 401k be nice? Sure. Would benefits be nice? All of those things. So I think it's important that you also ask yourself, like, where are you at in your season of life and what do you actually need? So for me, like, I love entrepreneurship. It's great. 
but I also have the attitude of like entrepreneurship is going to work for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, this might be triggering for some people, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs go into it thinking that it's going to be really easy and they have maybe one good year or two good years and then it's not. And then they're like, oh, it's not for me. Like it's going to have peaks and valleys and making sure you have that all in attitude is going to be key in everything that you do from there. Now, from a standpoint of what has it allowed me to do, it's allowed me to move from Michigan to Arizona, where I have always wanted to live. So it's given me the, the freedom to do that. It's allowed me to really support my life in a way that I've never been able to do before. It's allowed me to, again, I talked about this earlier in the podcast, I suffer from a lot of health issues. It's allowed me to choose where I go. Yeah. It's allowed me to choose my doctors. It's allowed me to have better health care, right? And those things are super important to me. And it's allowed me also to lead my daughter down a direction of like where she wants to go because she didn't want to work in a corporate job and she didn't want to work for somebody. And she's an entrepreneur. She's a graphic designer. And she never, ever would have been able to see what that was if I didn't lead the way for her either. Yeah. And now she works in your business for a lot of what you need. Yeah. That's so amazing. And she actually worked for several of my clients as well, too. So cool. And I love that you brought up, yes, entrepreneurship is challenging, but the phrase mm-hmm. that you said, I'm going to make it work for me. Because when I started my business, I remember I was like, oh my gosh, I was trying to convince everyone how they could start a business, like how it would be so great for them. And then, like you said, peaks and valleys. And I got a taste of the challenging parts of entrepreneurship. And I'm so grateful, still hands down, like you said, probably in many ways unemployable and could not imagine something different. But it's making it work for you and being committed to saying, yeah, when these things are challenging, here's all the benefits that come with it and why I'm not willing to sacrifice Mm -hmm. that. But also there are challenges. And if you're not willing to buckle up for those challenges, it might not be for you. But yeah. Talk about network and mentorship and relationships, because I know I could come to you if I needed support with something. You've been able to go to mentors. So when there's those challenges, when there's those valleys, you can find someone to support you. What does that look like? I had a mentor from day one. I lost my corporate job on a Tuesday and I hired my first business coach on a Thursday. She was my ride or die for 19 months. And I will always say this. I have the business that I have today because I had that mentor. And we linked arms. It was so important. And also because of the proximity that I had to her, so many other things came through that. So many other networks, so many other connections, so many other collaborations. And I always will continue to put myself in rooms, whether it's masterminds like yours, whether it's a mastermind that I'm in right now with the Harders. I will always do that. And yeah, it's scary. It doesn't always feel good to see that money go out. But you are going to grow so much further when you have people alongside of you. And I think this is a really big misconception. A lot of people think they join a network or they join a mastermind and it's just for the how. Teach me how to grow my business to six figures, seven figures, launch a podcast, whatever. The best things that I have gotten out of masterminds are people, Mm -hmm. are connections, are friendships when I'm going through that hard time, when I'm moving across the country and I'm scared to death. When I'm going through health stuff and I'm like, hey, my MRR, my monthly recurring revenue is down. What should I do? Or, um, hey, sales aren't as good as they once were. Like, what do you guys think? Like, it's more about those deeper connections and those conversations that you have versus just the how to. If you want the how to, it's take a master class, do something else. But like the masterminds is where you're truly going to find your people 
you're going to find like your core friendships to do this with. And I learned this from one of my mentors, Chris. He's the people that you're in the masterminds with right now are literally your people you're coming up with. Mm -hmm. So look at who you're like in the room with, right? These are your peers. And in five years, like you guys are all going to be on a stage together or you guys are all going to hit like the New York bestseller list together. Or you guys are all going to be the people that are like, oh my God, remember when we sat in rooms and we looked up to those people? Like we're now those people. So it's like getting in those rooms where you could find your people that you want to come up with. Yeah, I love that. It's really yeah. just who are you growing up with in your business and who yeah. you linking arms with. I think yeah. that's so good. Now, there are so many different types of businesses that are in the online space. There are so many different yes. types of businesses that you support and help. I think it's always helpful for someone that's just trying to see themselves in that what is possible. I would love for you to just share some stories of people you've helped that are maybe businesses that people would not necessarily see as possible in the online selling space and how they're related. Yeah. So I think it's I think that this is a really great question because I think that in the online space, everyone looks at like where there's coaches. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more than coaches. I'm working with a lady right now who has a dog bandana business and she's absolutely crushing it. We just hit six figures together. I have another lady that I work with that has an entire athleisure wear program. Like it's amazing. I have worked with a lady who has a grief, uh, grieving box. So it's, it's a grieving box when people yeah. grieve out. I work with a woman who has a physical product that's coloring books. Obviously, I work with a ton of coaches, but even in the coaching space, some of my best success stories aren't the business coaches and the mindset coaches. They're the people that are really niche down, right? The functional medicine practitioners or the gut health experts, or they work with women specifically over 50 to lose weight. You can literally build a business. I truly believe on anything, but you have to know what and how do you market it? What is your branding? What is your messaging? All of those things. So those are some of the biggest things that I love to really share. And it's like, if you have an idea, and it solves a problem for somebody else, you literally can start a business because somebody else needs that skill set. My daughter is running a phenomenal business right now, making graphics for people because there's people like me who don't even know how to log into Canva. So it's like, she loves to do it. She's so good at it. It's a pain point that I have. Business is birthed. Let's talk on that for one second. You are the queen of outsourcing, finding the resource that you need in your business. But there is this balance of learning how to be scrappy at the beginning. What did that look like for you to be able to do some stuff at the beginning and then bring the right people in so you didn't have to do it all? I always love to say this. You guys, I built a phenomenal business with being like 108 years old when it comes to tech, like (laughs) literally. So you don't need to know everything. But part of what I did in the beginning was I would get into masterminds and I would barter with people. I'd be like, hey, you're really great at websites. Like, I'm really great at sales. So, hey, do you want to build me a website and I'll overlook your sales copy? Like, everything doesn't always have to be like transactional. Now, where I'm at in my business now, it's more transactional. But in the beginning, like, again, the other people that you're coming up with. Yeah. So they're your peers. They're the people that are also struggling with maybe the same thing that you are. Maybe they don't have a lot of paying clients yet, right? So in the beginning, I was very scrappy. The second thing is I hired only the things that I needed, right? So it's like, what do I need right now? And I see this so often, especially when I'm with people one-on-one, they come to me and they're like, hey, I'm not making any money in my business. And I'm like, who's on your team? And they have 17 people on their team and they haven't made a sale. What's the one thing you actually need right now? So I got really good at making sure I was only bringing in people or things that could help me. So my first hire, honestly, was someone to help me make candle graphics. 
it wasn't my daughter, but I was like, this is taking up time. And time is where I could be on a podcast. I could be on a stage. I could be connecting with someone. It's not good use of my time. Yeah. So I'm going to hire someone to make these graphics, which then is going to get my messaging out there more, which more people are going to see me, which then they're going to want me on their podcast or on their stage or something like that. Again, it has to make sense for where it is that you're going. And then this is the other thing. There's so many free resources out there too, but most people aren't integrating them and implementing them. Mm-hmm. I talk about this all the time. You can literally build a six-figure business off of my podcast. Mm-hmm. But what happens is people listen to the podcast, they're walking, they're running, they're in the car, they're in the shower, and they don't actually integrate it. Mm-hmm. But if you actually look at a lot of free resources out there, you can figure things out on your own. I love that. Didn't you build your app on your own? I did. Yeah, I built an app with just figuring it out. I had to pay for the software that I was utilizing, right? And I had to bring someone in for the things that I severely needed support with, like you said. But I didn't have a full-time developer. I did so much of it on my own and I had no idea what I was doing. It was YouTube videos, searching Google, all of that. So much that I felt on my own that I had no idea how to do. And so exactly like you said, it's being scrappy. I think it's the biggest skill set you can have. And I always say like, have a strategy around your scrappiness, but be scrappy (laughs) and make it work. Yeah. Even now in my business, where I'm at my business now, I'm still scrappy. Yeah, I think you always are. I think that's entrepreneurship. You just like change where you're scrappy and what you're doing. Yeah, and I think a lot of people as entrepreneurs, they don't pay attention to their profit margin. And mm-hmm. you should know your profit margin. So if, if you're making $10,000 a month or $1,000 a month, it's what is your profit margin on there? If yeah. it's not at a good a percentage, you need to cut some cost. And maybe you do have to go back to doing some things on your own, right? Like, even last month, we had a lower profit margin month in our business. And I thought to myself, okay, is there any of these things that I could learn? Because mm-hmm. I have a little more time right now. I'm living in Arizona. Maybe I could learn to edit my own reels or maybe I could learn to who knows whatever else, right? If you know your numbers, you can also know where to be scrappy. Yeah. And on the flip side of it, if you really want to have a ton of time for whatever season of life you're in right now and you're like, oh, I'm okay with a lower profit margin because I'm going to have all this time back. That's a choice you make, right? You're going to have a lower profit margin, but more time, maybe. Yeah. Great book is called Right Back Your Time by Dan Martell. If you've never read it, phenomenal book. So good. Jillian, for the woman that's listening that just hasn't taken the leap on whatever's on her heart, the dream, whatever it is, you were a single mom when you leapt into this. You were making decisions not just for yourself, but for the future of your daughter and everything mm-hmm. else. How did you get the courage or just the knowing to move forward? And what would you tell that woman that's really just kind of wasting time right now? I would say, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, like quit wasting time. Like Mm -hmm. you're never going to know if you don't go and do it. And I think a big part of my success, and I talk about this a lot, is I didn't have a plan B. And if you don't have a plan B, plan A works. It Mm -hmm. might take longer. It might be harder. It might be scrappier. Maybe you have to invest a little bit harder. But plan A will work if you don't have a plan B. But there's so many people that I work with that are like, it doesn't network marketing business doesn't take off. Like my husband's got a really good job or this network marketing business doesn't take off. Like I have my nine to five. It's never going to take off because you have this cushion over here. Right. Another good example is I I just moved across the country. I moved from Michigan to Arizona. Financially, not the smartest thing right now as the economy's changing, recession might be coming, all these things. And my boyfriend said to me, what happens if you get out there and coaching takes a dip or you don't sell as much coaching. And I'm like, it won't happen. And if it does, 
I will figure it out. Yeah. But I don't have a plan B. Because yeah. if, if you're always waiting, you're always waiting. I have a huge movement. A lot of you guys might know about it. It's called Be Her Now. Yeah. And Be Her Now is like, who do you want to be in three years, five years, six months, next week from now? And stop waiting for it. Be her today. Show up today as her. And I promise you the results will follow. Yeah. And we'll link the Be Her Now merch below because when you can wear that amazing merch, you can really embody that person. I love my blue Be Her Now sweatshirt. So that'll be below. So good. Jillian, I'm so excited for the women that choose to be a part of this program with us that they can get some one-on-one time with you and really get supported by you in this program, as well as your programs that follow, which we will link all of that below, including your Sales Society membership, which is just like the hugest thing. So many women are a part of it and love it. So thank you so much for being here. And if you were, I think be her now is like our final statement. Like just be her now. Yeah. Just literally be her now. A a great journal prompt is to literally ask yourself, where do you want to be in six months from now? And then start acting like her today. Where this idea really came from was me and my daughter were walking. She lives in Myrtle Beach and she's young. So she does all sorts of crazy teenage things, right? And she was vaping. And I said, when are you going to stop vaping? And she says, mom, I'll stop vaping when Paige and I just started to have children. And I was like, why would you wait to stop vaping when you have children? Why don't you literally get rid of the vape now, because if you want to be a healthy mom, you don't wait until you're pregnant. You literally are her today, McKenna. You make decisions today of where you want to be. And she was like, wow, that's like really interesting. I was like, yeah, just like if you want to lose weight, you start eating like her today. You don't wait until you start losing weight. So it's like how this whole concept came about. Yeah. And it can be entrepreneurship, motherhood, parenting, spouse, friendship, all these things. And that's where it really came from. Yeah, I love that. Like even having the confidence, like for me, it's stepping into, okay, I'm not going to wait until I accomplish X, Y, Z to act like that person. I'm going to act like that person now and embody pieces of it, right? Because it's a journey that we build on. Maybe you can't wake up tomorrow and be a whole new person, but you can get one piece of it and then the next piece of it and it just builds. So I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for your time, Jillian. I can't wait for all these women to connect with you. You are always so much fire. So good. Thank you so much for having me. I am asked all the time, Kelsey, how do you pursue a business alongside family? And how do you make it profitable? And how do you balance it all? And I stand behind this framework that I've created, which is the three P's to profit. And that is your personal, your professional, and your people. How do you balance the three of those and create the success and the fulfillment and the profit, if you will, in each bucket and each category? I'm super excited to bring you a free workshop where I'm going to be breaking this all down So go ahead to the show notes where you can sign up for the three piece to profit workshop, which is going to be on September 26th, where I'm going to break down how I believe you can create a sustainable business that brings you balance, fulfillment, and joy without sacrificing family and create the success that you really can have in both categories. So if that's something you're interested in, head over to the show notes and check it out.